Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, and this is our brand new show, episode one. We're calling it Indie Focus because we're taking someone who is working or has worked in independent wrestling, and we want to learn more about them. Hashtag support indie wrestling. And today, for our very first episode, we have my good buddy, Devlin Anderson. How you doing, Devlin? I'm good. How are you, Matt? Doing good, man. Doing really well, really well. And before we get started, I hear that you actually have your own podcast um, where you go by your shoot name, Devlin Clemens. Can you tell me a little bit about that before we get started? Yeah, it's called um, Know Your Cinema Podcast. It's a movie review podcast where um, the three of us that host the podcast all pick movies that we haven't seen for each other. So, and then we put that on a game show style wheel and spin it. And the movie that's picked for that week, we watch, we come back, and then we do the next episode and review that. Um, there's a lot of hijinks that go along with it. We Sometimes we fight about things that we say on there. Um, and then we have a, 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 a Know Your Cinema podcast uh, segment where we ask questions, movie-related questions, uh, theoretically in turn questions where you know what, what if you were stuck with someone on, in a room who would you want to be stuck with or right uh, we're all quarantined who would you want to be quarantined with so um it's it's pretty good we've got about 25 26 episodes in the vault right now that's um, cool so yeah no we we're, we have a lot of fun doing it um but i mean if you get a chance check it out it's uh, know your cinema podcast on anchor we're also on spotify uh we are on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, numerous other things. We also have a link tree. It's uh, Know Your Cinema Podcast link tree or KYC Podcast link tree. We're on Twitter, KYC Podcast, Instagram, KYC Podcast, TikTok, KYC Podcast, and on Facebook at Know Your Cinema Podcast. You guys have a TikTok? Yeah, we have a TikTok. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't think I've heard of a podcast having a TikTok before. It's actually really great. It's super yeah. smart. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to put that in the comments below, so make sure you guys check that out. So let's get in some wrestling, man. So as a kid, did you watch a lot of wrestling growing up? So I grew up in a little town called Radcliffe, Ohio. And okay. if you look at it on a map, it's very tiny. There's not even a street light in this town. Okay. And uh, I grew up and my mom was divorced when I was three and she had to get a job and so I, I was kind of a reckless youth, so to speak. Even as a child, right. I was kind of wild. I probably had undiagnosed ADHD right, um, or hyperactive disorder, whatever you want to call it. Um, but my mom had a hard time reeling me in just being you know, a normal boy. So one day she's like, go watch TV or whatever. And um, so we had this old floor model Zenith TV in the living room. And I remember like distinctively, like it was like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night or something. I was up really later than I should have been as a kid. And, um, Saturday night's main event was on. And I was like, Oh, what is this? What is, what is this? What is going on? What is this crowd of people? And why is there like a ring here? Like, what's this? And I remember watching it. I remember just being like glued to this TV. Like, this is just so larger than life, like out there, like, holy crap, what, what is this? And then it was like, because now wrestling, you know, we have the internet and we have, you know, you know, uh, downloaded movies and downloaded wrestling. We have access to wrestling 24 seven. It's easy to get your wrestling fix if you need it. But then you, you couldn't, you had to like wait for it. So I didn't know where to find wrestling. 
but that was there. And then they said, you know, it was going to be on next month, like once a month. So then like, I started kind of watching every month and that was like my thing. Like my mom, like really, you know, let me do as a kid was like, it's wrestling night. Like it's Saturday night. Like let's watch, I want to watch wrestling. And we only had one TV. So like drove my sister bananas because we had to watch wrestling. Um, That's (laughs) how I kind of discovered wrestling growing up was because I was four years old. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm 37 now, so <laughs> 33 years <laughs> as a wrestling fan. That's a that's a long time. So tell me who were some of your favorites as a kid. Oh, man. Uh, it, anybody who grew up in the 80s was a Hulk Hogan fan. I don't care. You oh, of course. Lie, you, you can lie to me and tell me that you weren't. And, you're, <laughs> and I've had people do that to me, like blatantly tell me that they weren't Hulk Hogan fan. I'm like, bullshit. There was a part of you at some point, <laughs> some point in your life that you were – a Hulk Hogan fan. I don't care. But, um, yeah. yeah, I was a Hulk Hogan fan in my youth. And, like, you know, red and yellow, running around the house, ripping T-shirts. Uh-huh. Dropping leg drops on my on my stuffed animals. You know, uh, being a wrestler as a kid and probably hurting myself too many times. Um, and then at, when I got older, uh, probably around uh, 93, 94, I actually didn't watch wrestling for, like, four years like i just got out of yeah. watching wrestling and then uh i flipped on the channel i can remember the date exactly it was may 26 1997 it was raw and i don't know why it was like i was either out of school or something like that but my my stepdad at the time was like just go find something to watch on tv and he's like flipping through and he's like oh there's wrestling and i was like oh you know i'll watch it i'm bored i might as well and it right. was like um the main event was steve austin and Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog and Owen Hart. And it's when Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels won the tag titles. And I remember thinking in my head at the time, like, Steve Austin. Like, that guy was in WCW. Like, right. why is his head shaved? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why is, why is his head shaved? And then, I mean, I knew Shawn Michaels, and I didn't realize how much of like a fan favorite Sean had gone. That's how long I'd been like not in the loop of wrestling. Right. And I was like, okay, I know Owen and Davey. I'm like, and they had this really incredible main event match. Like I was glued to my seat. See, I've no, I, I've like known the structure of wrestling for a long time, like the ins and outs of the business. So like I can tell a good match from a bad match as a youth. And I'm watching, yeah. this is a really good match. And it kind of, right. like, I was like, all right, this is a different Steve Austin. Like, I really want to watch this. And this is right before he took off, like right before the stone cold Steve Austin, given Vince McMahon, the stunner kind of took off. And yeah. um, he had so much like just push behind him on that. And I just remember watching, I was like really into that. It got that old feeling of wrestling, like loving wrestling again. And I just, ever since then it was, I lived, breathed and died wrestling. And then, um, so cool, man. I I remember too when I first saw Steve Austin shaved. Like, even looking back now at Stunning Steve, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I love Steve Austin in in WCW. Again, like I said, I could, I could tell good workers from bad workers. And I don't want to sit here and like say the end all be all of professional wrestlers are are knowledgeable. But you can, if you're a good wrestling fan, you can watch a guy and you can tell he has something there. Right. Even if he's not being pushed to the moon. And in WCW, you know, Steve wasn't being pushed to the moon at all. 
He was stuck in a mid-card, you know, life in WCW, but he had something about him. The way he moved in the ring, um, he just, he had something. And to see him in in the WWF was, at that time, was a really, like, contrast in my mind. Like, when did this guy jump? Right. (laughs) I have, I had like, I'm like, I've been out of this business for so long. Like, how, when did this guy jump? And I didn't even know there was a stop in ECW at the time. And I, cause I didn't even know yeah. what ECW was. So, um, so yeah, Steve Austin was probably the, the, one of the bigger influence on me as a, a teenager. And then, uh, I was also, I got really big into ECW around that time too. Okay. And, um, uh, Taz was a big influence on me as a wrestler and, and Terry and Terry. Oh, uh, he's something special, man. I can't say something. No, I can't say nothing bad about Terry Funk. Terry Funk is one of my all-time favorite. He's one of my heroes. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you you weren't a fan your whole life. What actually prompted you to become a professional wrestler? You know, um, when I became a fan, when I was four. Um, I, I hadn't gone to school yet, and when I from four to five. I, I just became in, engulfed in wrestling, everything, magazines, figures, books, everything. Like, um, I can remember, you know, the old book fairs we used to have at school. Um, oh yeah. I love those. I, I would buy the wrestling. They had the little, little, like four by five wrestling books with like all the wrestling yeah. statistics in it and stuff. Like I'd spend all my money on that. And my mom was like, well, he's into it. Like at least he's reading something. Exactly. <laughs> like, but I, I think I still have some of those like laying around somewhere, but I really engulfed myself in wrestling. And then I, from the age of five, probably is when I wanted to be a wrestler. I want to be a pro wrestler. I, I Wow. That's so cool. Most people were like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a cop. I want to be a lawyer. I went up in front of the class, told people I was going to be a professional wrestler. I, and I have a, a thing I wrote when I was 14 um, for like career day or something. I'm like, and this is what I'm going to do after I graduate high school. And I didn't realize how hard it was to, to make it to WWF at the time. Like, right. Um, but that's, I mean, I, I said, I'm going to follow my dream to the end. So I did what I had to do. That's so cool, man. I think even today, some people don't understand how difficult that it is to actually become a wrestler. I mean, I think they see, all of the opportunity, right? With not just WWE anymore. You've got New Japan, you've got AEW, you've got Ring of Honor, MLW, NWA, and you have all these amazing places that you can wrestle. But there are hundreds of promotions all around the United States and obviously around the world as well. And you have usually a dozen or more wrestlers in each one of those promotions trying to make it to the big time. And it's really difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, today it's a little easier. Today it's really a little easier to make it because there's more opportunity. No, just um, it, there's really good training schools out there. Back in right, back in when I even when I first started, there was like two noteworthy, maybe three noteworthy training schools in the state of Ohio. Yeah, and now there's one, and there's like ten in every state. But I mean, there's some that are legitimate trainers, and then there's some that are like. Here, I'll train you in my backyard for fifty bucks. So, uh, uh, right. <laughs> but, oh man! I mean, if you do your research and you put the time into wrestling and your character, and going out and and working every show you can every week, you can get discovered. 
the the only problem in getting the WWE in lies in in three factors, in my opinion. You either have to have the size, so you have to be like the six four, six three wrestler that Vince McMahon yeah. is looking for. You either have to have a really over character that the like your popularity is so is so big that you get some kind of notoriety and Vince's you know seconds are like you need to sign this guy. Or three, you have to have the most the best wrestling ability and putting on great matches night after night. For yeah, Ring of Honor or whomever to get signed. That right. those are the three factors. If anybody's listening to this that wants to get in the business, I will tell you to work on your character more than anything else, and your in ring work. That's because if you're not genetically gifted at six three or six five, you know you're not you're not going to be in Vince's radar. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So speaking of training, tell me a little bit about where you trained because you said there were only like two schools in Ohio, right? There, so, there were three. There were three legitimate train training schools in the state of Ohio. That's I, I, in my in, that I I when I researched back in two thousand two, yes, there were like three. But go ahead with your question. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I just wanted to know where you trained and what made you decide on that school. Uh, so I live in Columbus, Ohio, um, and the 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 training schools. There was one in Cleveland. Um, uh, JT Lightning, I believe, ran that school at that time. There was one in Cincinnati. It was HWA. It was old Heartland Wrestling Association, which was ran by Wes Thatcher and Cody Hawk. And, um, and well, Cody trained Dean Ambrose or Don Moxley, whatever you want to call him. Um, right. Uh, and then there was the IWA School of Wrestling here in Columbus, Ohio. And the IWA, at one point in time, was the longest-running independent promotion in the state of Ohio. It had been around since like 1988 and it was ran by a guy named Tom Miller. Okay. And, and so what did, what made you decide that one? Because it was the closest to you or yeah. what? Uh, honestly, it was just a travel factor. Uh, Cincinnati yeah. was about two hours away um, from Columbus. So the two hour drive there um, and then training and driving back and going to work at felt like it would be just too much of a load on me. Um, Cleveland, yeah. the same thing. It's further away than Cincinnati. And I said, well, you know, that's out too. Um, and then my stepmother's nephew was actually a wrestler for on the independent circle, circuit in the 80s and 90s. And he, you know, suggested going to Tom's school here in Columbus. And so okay. that's where I ended up. Okay. So you're... At training school, you uh, sign up. Yep. You get in the I ring. Try out. I had a tryout first. Okay. 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 So my first question is, you take your first bump. Uh huh. How did uh, what what went through your mind? Well, just getting in a ring kind of kind of boggled my mind. Like to step through the ropes, like it was an exciting feeling. Like, but you're yeah. all scared at the same time because you got. I had a guy across the ring from me who had been in the business since like when I was born. So I was 18 at the time. So he already had 18 years of experience in the business. Wow. So I, I didn't know the guy personally, but later on everything kind of made sense as to what happened in the ring. So he just ran me through basic drills, like my athleticism to see if I, you know, I could do what was necessary to learn the basic aspects of, of wrestling. And, uh, he gave me a 
I think he gave me, he told me to take a bump and ran me off the ropes a couple of times. And then he slammed me, he body slammed me and then uh, gave me like an elbow off the second. Wow. And so you passed your tryout, I assume. Is that correct? Well, it wasn't really much of a passing a tryout as much as he just wanted money from me. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so, there, there are some slimy <laughs> promoters slash trainers out there, and Tom Miller's passed away now. I don't really want to talk ill about the dead, but to hell with it. Um, he wasn't the most reliable guy and honest person on the planet. Right. Okay. And so you go through the tryout, you train, and you have your very first match. Can Can you share a memory of that with us? Yeah, I almost threw up in the trash can. Really? <laughs> because you were so nervous? I almost yeah, I, I was spot I trained for five months and I knew uh-huh. I knew I was I was greener and goose shit and I knew I knew <laughs> I knew a very smidgen of how to basically get the crap kicked out of me. And okay. I was like I'm sitting there and they're like they're like, Yeah, bring your gear and come to you know, Circleville, which is where we were wrestling. Okay. Because I was traveling to shows and paying dues and setting up the ring and working the sound and I, you know, doing what every rookie should do, helping break right. and all that stuff. And um, they like bring your gear and they like, yeah, you have a match, but you're gonna get de- you're gonna get DQ'd and that's how you're gonna lose because I had to be part of some storyline um, that really didn't involve me, but it involved the guys wrestling, which is the guy who who really trained me in the business. Um, his name, okay. is, his name is James Avery. He went by Carlton Kaz the third uh, at that okay. time. But um, so yeah, it was a basic match. I mean, it wasn't nothing fancy. Um, then I had someone ran in and, and got and hit him and got me DQ'd. But I remember beforehand because there was there's probably 150 people in, in in the building and my dad was out there and my best friend was out there and I'm like God, I'm just so nervous. I'm gonna puke. Right. <laughs> And my so, best, one of my best friends you, came over to me, and this is funny. It'll it all it all come circle when I tell another story. He, he right. came up to me and grabbed me, and he said, "You're going to be okay." And I'm like, "Okay." I, I didn't throw up, but I almost did. <laughs> That's awesome. So you started wrestling at 18. You're 37 now, so you've been wrestling for a couple decades, or almost a couple decades. Yep. Tell me about your absolute favorite match that you've ever had, and tell me why it was your favorite. Um, I don't have a particular pointed favorite match. I have a, I have a series of matches that are my favorite, um, because it's hard, it's hard enough in this business to have a a good, like a solid series of matches with someone for a long period of time. Um, but I was in a tag team called the black Irish saints and we had a, uh, a rivalry with this team called adrenaline X. And Adrenaline X is made up of uh, Ron Mathis uh, and um, a guy named, um, I can't even think of his name right now, <laughs> um, because he got out of the business. Um, I can't even think of his name. Devin Maximus. Okay. And um, so we started in a little promotion called RCW having these these tag matches. And then that spilled over to another promotion where we were just basically taking the act on the road. And getting every you know each of us booked in these promotions, and we went through like two, two or three states where we were wrestling each other, and these were just beating your ass 
like just match. We even had a K- tag team cage match in one promotion. I mean, we were just like every other week. We're just it was like, oh yeah, it's you and against the drill and Lex, and we started laughing because the promoter had booked them and then booked us, and we didn't know they were on the card. And like, yeah, we brought in this tag team called Adrenaline X, and you think you guys can work with them? And we start laughing. We're like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, I think I think we're good. Yeah, we we know them. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're, <laughs> we're okay. So huh. I mean, it's those series of matches. I mean, I literally we literally had cage matches. We had a street fight. We had. We had a casket match. We had a tag team casket match. Um, really? Yeah. We stuffed both of them in one casket. <laughs> are they are they big guys? No, they're small. They're the flippies. So okay, gotcha. they're, they're flippy guys. So we we were because I, I was like, can, I, so before the match, we tested it out. I'm like, can both of you get in this coffin? So they basically <laughs> they basically sixty nine in the coffin, <laughs> and that's how we got them in there. I said, oh my god! I said, this is going to get uncomfortable for you two, or at least one of you. It's like someone's got to be the face down man, <laughs> and you're in a coffin, so you have to shut the lid. So it's like now you're 69 and you're in a coffin. It's like your worst fear <laughs> coming to life because you're, you're 69 with another dude in a coffin and it's closed. Oh my gosh! And I stood on it too. That's so. crazy. So I was like, yeah, you didn't get out here. <laughs> to prevent them from getting out. <laughs> well, no, because it, it wasn't it wasn't shutting completely, and I'm like, okay, for this to be legit, you have to it has to close completely. So I like laid on top of it, and then when the bell rang, I stood on top of it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really great. So since you've been wrestling so long, has your character really changed over the years? Like, how have you evolved it? Oh man, um, it evolved from just being. Um, like a, uh, a tough guy, a fighter, um, to be in a comic relief kind of character. I, I even played like an evil version of myself. Like, okay. Or like I was taken, but I was pos- not possessed, but like influenced by a higher being. And that higher being was my manager at the time. And I was in this group called the asylum. But okay. They might learn the same name. Um, but I was just a, a, a more evil version. Like it was just the volume was turned up on my, on my heel persona. And I was laughing and talking to myself and, you know, doing this yeah, crazy kind of out of my mind gimmick. That's cool. Um, but then, so, I, then I evolved. Then we, then we did the saints gimmick, the black Irish saints gimmick. And excuse me. Um, that was just like our me and my friend Dante, his personalities, our, our personalities was just amplified. Like we both love drinking beer and and having a good time and being silly. So we would just we we're like we were popping the boys in the back, just being ourselves. And we're like, well, let's just go out there and do that because we were just trying to be like this real tough fight, you know, fighting Irish gimmick. I'm like, why don't we just get flasks and act like we're drunk out there and <laughs> and like just be ourselves, just be turned up, the volume turned up. So like, uh. I, I like I was just goofing around one time and I locked up with a guy and pushed him in the corner and then just fell asleep like when the lock up. Like I <laughs> the lock up. That's awesome. The ref's counting and he like he pulls me off and I like I fall over like drunk. <laughs> and the guy's looking at me and I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Give me five. Give me five minutes. You can't have five minutes. There's a match going. I'm like, all right, I'm tagging out there. Now, did you guys win matches in this gimmick? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, we want massive. <laughs> so y'all are wasted defeating your opponents. That's incredible. Correct. Yeah. So we were we were quote we weren't wasted. We were quote unquote pretend drunk. Uh huh. Um, but we were, um, we were just having fun out there. Um, but the gimmicks, it, it you can do it either way. So you can be a face. So you can be the guy people want to drink beer with, or you can yeah. be the guy that hits on the drunk guy that hits on your girlfriend in the front row, which we did. Okay. Like we would go out and sit next to like the hottest girl in the front row and like her boyfriend would be there and we would just ignore him and just be like, Hey, what are you doing? You want to, you want to leave right now? Like you want to go, you want to go in the back? Like, like, no, we don't have to wrestle. No, no. The hell is this match? Let's go get a beer. And the guy'd be like, man, you guys get off my girlfriend. Like, Like no one's talking to you. I mean, and and we had at one point in time when we were heels, we had like white hot heat. Like we had a lady come out of the crowd <clears throat> and punch Dante in the back of the head with she had, what? Like, she had one of those like um, those grape drinks. Those like they look like barrels. Yeah, she hit him in the back of the head with this grape drink after our match because what we were being drunk and, and being the gimmick we were being drunk and we went through the crowd she had this sign that was cheering the team that we were wrestling and he just yeah it and ripped it in half and she got <laughs> mad and i mean <laughs> at him and i was like i didn't i didn't i looked up and i saw her coming and then i saw her boyfriend coming behind her her brother or significant other or whomever and i was like oh my god we're gonna punch a fan tonight so I was like, I had to go. I had to go to him, like, and tell him, like, I'm like, look out! <laughs> oh yeah, we, we had, dude. That is, I mean, that's so crazy. Drag, but I, I've had white hot heat a couple of times in my career, like where fans have like swung canes at me, like little old grandmas have swung canes at my face. <laughs> I had an old lady in the end spit on me one right in the face one time. Oh, right in my face. Like I didn't, I was like, that's someone's grandma. Don't punch her. Don't punch her. That's someone's <laughs> grandma. She just assaulted you, but she, that's someone's grandma. Don't punch her. Do you, cause a lot of people like that heat. Do you like that heel heat? Oh no. I love that heat. Give me, give me all that heat. Give me all that means I'm doing my job. Give me all that heat. Awesome. So that literally leads me into my next question. What do you prefer better face or heel? I prefer heel. I played heel nine okay. in my career, and I've always uh-huh. said it's it's easier for people to hate you than it is for them to love you. Plus, I don't look like a white right. dude baby face. Yeah, so it's like you're a heel. Like everywhere I went, like you're gonna be the heel, you're gonna be the face. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, that's normal. Yeah, heels <laughs> way more fun, way easier, and it just I don't know. I just I love riling a crowd up. Love it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, I've heard a bunch of people say that it's easier to make someone hate you than love you. And that's, I mean, that's literally life. So why wouldn't it work that way in wrestling? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I always tell, you know, the greenhorns that come into the business, I'm like, if you're a heel, just go out there and find a girl with a guy in the front row and then basically just make, you know, motions to her and then get her all riled up and he'll get riled up with you. And then, you know, if you keep doing that, you keep beating that horse eventually the crowd will turn on you because they're tired of you doing it to this girl like just focus right on or play to the, the the person in the back row who thinks that they're safe and yeah pick on them and get them riled up but if you get one section riled up everybody will turn on you. it's just like it's just it'll just move like a sea it'll just go all the way around the, the arena it's awesome man 
That's really cool. So I'm going to throw you a curveball because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. I love baseball, so throw me a curveball. <laughs> so tell me, I want you to think of a story that you've had over your years, like the most interesting story that you can think of that's wrestling related, and I want you to tell it to me right now. Are you talking about like somebody that I know or something that happened to me, or are you talking about just a wrestling wrestling story in general that I know? Something that specifically happened to you. Something that specifically <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so me and my my tag partner dante he goes by damien uh-huh. ass he's retired now plug to hey buddy if you're listening so we had never really wrestled one-on-one before and he had moved away and came back and we uh this was probably 2008 ish somewhere on that range and so we're going to have this first, we're going to have our first singles match together. And so he's like telling, he's trying to lay out the beginning of this match to me. And he's like, well, I'm going to give you a Pearl Harbor job. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. He's like, I'm going to give you the kitchen sink, which is basically two forearms to the back of the head and shoulders. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay. So what this guy didn't, well, my friend, quote unquote, friend didn't tell me <laughs> that he had watched the Brian Pillman DVD like that week. And there was a segment in there where Steve Austin was talking about, uh, Pillman giving him that when Pillman came back from his injury, he gave Steve Austin that kitchen sink and almost knocked him out. So Dante comes in like normal, like in the, and does the Pearl Harbor job on me, but he hit me so hard. I thought he hit me three times. Like he just, like he, he rammed his whole 200 and some odd pound body in the, the back of me. And Oh my gosh. We're, now I'm like, okay, now you're not my friend now. Now I'm just going to, we're just going to start <laughs> fighting in the ring. We are lighting, I mean, we are lighting each other up in this match. And I mean, we are beating each other. I'm hitting him. He's hitting me. I'm hitting him harder. He's hitting me. I'm hitting him harder. And none of us, neither of us are giving in. So match is over. We get done. We, we start, you know, I'm in the back. I'm, I'm waiting on him to shake his hand and ask him if he's okay. Um, and a mutual friend of ours named Dave comes up and he goes, he pulls me aside. He's like, you and Dante okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, you two were beating the living crap out of each other. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, we're good though. He's like, he's like, I thought you guys were shooting on each other. I'm like, no, we're good. We're all right. When you work with your friends and the boys, you've done your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because if they're buying into it, you know the crowd is. Oh my god! Yeah, they were. They were. That, they kind of like went silent, but silent in a good way, where they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Oh, I know this is this stuff's here. On um, this, this first two matches were fake. Uh, I don't know what about this one. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> this one. Sounds like this one should be an opt- octagon, right? I we, but it seemed like we kind of cracked the seal on matches together me and Dante because then it seemed like every almost everywhere we went they're like yeah you and Dante wrestle I'm like oh my god it takes years off my career wrestling this guy because we just <laughs> we just now we just beat the crap out of each other like literally yeah. literally there was a time I, I got like four or five of these stories but there was a time another good one where we were wrestling and Dante has a shaved head he shaves his head clean like Steve okay Dante. and he he must have just shaved it that day for the show but we're on the in the floor, you know, you know, fighting each other, like throwing punches and stuff, because we're kind of close to the crowd, and everything kind of has to get tighter when you're near the crowd because you don't want to see, like, if you throw like a fake punch or something like that. 
So he's got his head's all nice and shiny, and I just chop him on the top of his head. Like, open hand, just like, on top of his head. Ow. And he's my friend, and he's like, you son of a... And then we started, <laughs> there's bleachers, so we started fighting up the bleachers. Like, no, we didn't care about the 10 count. We're just fighting. The ref had to come out in the crowd and get us. And we're just... Right. Like, and he's like, he gets me in the ring, and he's like, you chopped me on the head, you jerk. Not his exact words. Not his exact words. Like, and I'm laughing. If you watch the tape, I'm, my belly's going up and down because I'm laughing so hard. That's so great, man. That's oh, really he, good. It sounds like you have a lot of fun in the ring. If you ever interviewed him, he'd be like, oh, my God. We, oh, we, we, we beat the crap out of each other. It, it was just at every match. Like, I knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. And we didn't even have to work anything out. I was like, oh, you're going over? Cool. All right. Here's what, here's what you're going to hit. And he's like, we're going to work anything else out? I'm like, no. You know we're just going to beat the living tar out of each other. <laughs> I, so one day I'd like to have him on the show and I'm specifically going to ask him about this moment because I'd like to hear his side of the story. Just tell, no, just say, tell me about your matches with Devlin Anderson. And that's all you have to say. <laughs> Don't say anything else. Just say that. He'll be like, he'll be like oh, oh, took years <laughs> off my career. <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. So final question and I'll let you go. Because we can chat all day. I really, I, mean, I really enjoyed talking to you today, and I love hearing your stories. It's great. Appreciate so, it. if you can wrestle anyone from any point in wrestling history, who would it be, and tell me why? It's going to be Terry Funk, and it's going to okay. be his ECW run. Okay. And the reason why is um, that's really where I discovered Terry Funk, and then. If you ever read Terry Funk's book, he talks about his, like, when he does his thanks in the beginning of the book, he thanks the fans. He doesn't thank, um, you know, his wife or his kids. He thanks the fans for coming out and supporting wrestling and all that stuff. But I always felt That's like, really awesome. Yeah, I always felt like Terry was the, the epitome of East, like the heart and soul of ECW at one point in time. And I always felt like he could work with anyone and he always wanted to make people look good and always wanted to put people over and right. didn't care because he had and he was already established and that's the biggest thing i ever learned without ever meeting terry funk is that you it he if he's okay with putting people over and doing it the correct way then i'm okay with it and i always felt like if i could have a dream match it would be terry funk ecw arena during his his big run in ECW. ECW hardcore style. Bring it. I don't, I, I'll brawl with Terry Funk. I, I, <laughs> I mean, did you ever read Foley's book and Foley was talking about, uh, uh Funk's punches and how he had, no. Them? Oh, so there, so there, here's a Mick Foley story from his book. He said, uh, I always admired Terry Funk's punches. He's like, and then the first time I wrestled Terry Funk, I realized why I admired them so much is because they're real. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that um, doesn't surprise me at all, though. No, and and that's from watching Terry. If, if you ever watched me wrestle, that's how I, I learned to throw wrestling punches by watching Terry Funk. Not real punches, but because uh, I'm left-handed, and I just in training when I was training to wrestle, I could not throw a right-handed punch to save my life. Could really? not do it. No, I could not do it. I tried. 
I'm, I'm ambidextrous in a lot of things. Wrestling is not one thing that I'm ambidextrous at. And I tried to throw a right-handed punch, and it just looked god-awful. And I said, I'm going home, and I'm going to watch as many wrestlers as I can that are left-handed throw punches, or that at least throw left-handed punches. And I knew Terry Funk threw left-handed punches, so I started watching Terry throw punches. And I was like, okay, this is how he's doing it. Little did I know they were real, but I started throwing punches <laughs> like Terry Funk did. Um, so... <laughs> Um, and that's another reason why I became Devlin Anderson is because I'm short and stocky and I, I throw left-handed punches and I kind of, you know, I, I did a spine buster. So everybody's like, you're going to be an Anderson. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today. Devlin, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Oh, no like problem, you, man. Any time, I'll talk wrestling 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That didn't matter to me. You're an incredibly interesting person, and I love your stories, and I would love to have you on again sometime. That's really great. What i really like to have you do is we do a weekend review every week, and I would like, or I'd really like to know what you think of the current landscape. So we're going to have to talk about that, too. Okay. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been Mr. Devlin Clemens from the Know Your Cinema podcast. Make sure to go like, share, subscribe to his stuff. Um, he does it with two other people, correct? Yeah, it's uh, Vivin Matthew, Jason Quinn. Let's Know Your Cinema podcast. Again, uh, Know Your Cinema podcast on Anchor. That's basically like our home place for the podcast. But you can find us on Google, uh, but podcast, Spotify, um, Apple, all those big platforms. Um, know Your Cinema podcast on Facebook. You can even uh, connect with me. It's um, Devlin Anderson. Uh, 83 on uh, Instagram, Devlin Anderson on Facebook. If you want to send me a message, send a friend request. I'm I'm pretty approachable. Um, so just come find me. That's awesome. That's so great. Well, one last time, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate you, Devlin. You're awesome. We're absolutely going to have you on again. Thank you. And uh, I I I want to be on your show sometime too. So I'm going to invite myself now, and it's because I really want to no, talk about movies. We're like with you guys. Chris Candido. It's no gimmicks needed. No no guests needed. We're like we're like Chris Candido. So. That's awesome. So, That's super cool. Yeah. All right, man. We really appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Indie Focus. Hashtag uh, support indie wrestling. We will have an episode every day this week for WrestleMania week. So please like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends this is our biggest week of the year. We appreciate it. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.